as the psalmist David declared, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we are so glad that you're all here with us today. And we just want to welcome everyone that's gathered here today to worship the Lord together with us. You are the Regeneration Nashville family. We love you. We honor you. And we believe God is going to do something amazing today in this service. And we also want to take a minute and welcome all of our online members and guests that are joining us from all over the world. You are very special to us, and you too are part of the Regeneration Nashville family. We love you, we honor you, and we believe that our God's hand is not too short to reach you wherever you are today in this service and to do a miracle in your life. So let's all stand together today and honor the Lord as we go to Him in prayer. Father God, we are so glad, so glad, so glad to come into your house today, oh God. Lord, we're so glad that we're not coming into a dead building with dead, dead religion, oh God. But Lord, we're coming into the presence, the very throne room of God. So we call down right now the Shekinah glory of God to fill this house, oh Lord God. To go from the front to the back, to the, to the east and the west, oh God. The wind and the ruah of God to blow through, oh God. Lord, we believe that the day of Pentecost can happen again today, oh Lord. I believe that there's going to be an impartation of the Lord today because we are desperate for your presence presence, oh God. Lord, as the deer panteth for the water, so our soul longeth for you. Lord, I just see in our minds, we're like Jacob, and we're wrestling with you at Peniel, and we're saying, we're not going to let go of you as you walk through this building. We're grabbing hold of you, and we're saying, Lord, we're not letting go until you bless us, oh God. Lord, and we're going to come out of this building changed, oh God. Lord, there's addictions that are going to be broken, oh God. There's sickness and infirmity that's being cast off right now through the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we thank you for all the victory that you're going to do in this house today. We pray a blessing and an anointing on the worship team, oh God. A double portion on Jasmine. Lord, as, they, as the praise goes up to your nostrils, to your throne room, oh God. Lord, let it be a sweet, sweet incense and come back into this place and all over the world with an anointing that breaks every yoke that the enemy has set up against your church, oh God. Lord, and we thank you for Pastor Kent, the man of God. Lord, I believe that there's a word burning in his heart today, oh God. Lord, as your army of God, as your remnant, that we are ready to run into the battle, oh God. Lord, that you are going to put a word in his heart, oh God. Just like that word as they marched around Jericho and they gave a shout of victory because of what the Lord was about to do. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on and put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is in the house. Somebody say Living in the overflow, covered by your love, moving with the Holy Ghost. You're more than enough, walking in your freedom now. Covered by your grace, witnessing your healing power. We have been changed. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Free. 
soul God is in control I've got Satan on my trail But I'm singing all this well He's attacking every day And I'm watching while I pray No matter the attack
in this building, can we just lift our hands from side to side and front to back? Just tell the Lord you love him. Lord, we sense your presence in this place. Oh, God, we rest in the anointing that breaks every yoke. We rest in your peace and in your love. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. Defender behind me, defender behind me, I won't fear, I won't fear, I'm filled with anointing, I'm filled with anointing, my cup's overflowing, my cup's overflowing.
rest right here for a minute. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on and call his name. Oh, he's here today, church. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Oh, that you take us out to bring us in. That you take us out to bring us in, Jesus. You'll never leave us, you'll never leave us, never forsake us. Not alone, not alone. Say hallelujah, I'm not alone. day that he's so near. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on. Can you feel him today? I feel his presence, his anointing in the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. 
On, let's lift our voice. Spirit and bride. Spirit and bride. Say, come, break out. Come, break out. We believe in that today. Wow. Powerful. We've already had prophetic singing in this house. 
So you know, this is the first Sunday of the month. Our pastors here value serving communion and sharing communion together. So you should have been given some elements when you came in. So I'm going to ask you to get those. It's always a special, special time for all of us together. But I don't know about you, but I'm in high expectation. I said I'm in high expectation. I said I'm in high expectation. We're in the house of the Lord. You know, I had a lot of things that run through my mind about sharing with you. But I had to... I had to think, what would it have been like on that night in Egypt when they went in the house and they ate the meal? They didn't know. (laughs) They didn't know that every bondage that they'd ever experienced, 430 years of slavery was going to be broken in just a moment's time. And they were going to come out. I declare, I declare, as we receive this bread and as we receive uh, this, this juice today, that bondages today, 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 generational curses broken. We're declaring today that if the blood of an ordinary lamb can do that, then the blood of the lamb of God can do exceeding and abundantly more than we can ever imagine. And it's going to happen today. Everybody say it, today. Okay, i got to stop. Get Get a hold of your element. Get a hold of that bread. You know, I love what the Apostle Paul said. He said this cup of blessing. Do you know you're holding a cup of blessing? I've read past that all my life. But he said the cup of blessing, the cup of blessing that you're holding right now, is it not the communion of the fellowship of the blood of Jesus? And then he said, and the bread that we're going to break, is it not the communion of the body? of the Lord Jesus. And then he said this, and all across this room and on the line and around the world, when we partake of this bread, he said, though we are many, we become one bread because of that body. So Lord, take the bread. Lord, we lift this bread to you today. We recognize it for what it is. Not just a symbol, not just a sign, but the reality that your body that was broken for us brings healing and deliverance. And so now, we bless that that's blessed and receive this bread in the name of Jesus. Would you do that? Come on, can you just thank the Lord right there? Come on. Can you just thank Him right there? Come on. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So now we lift again this cup of blessing. We declare the blood shall never lose its power. And it reaches to wherever your need is today. And we speak it in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you now for the blood of the covenant that forever seals, redeems, and delivers us in all ways and in everything. In Jesus' name, receive the cup. Now, can we lift our voice and give him glory? Come on, all across this room for what he's doing. He is doing amazing, miraculous things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remain standing with me. It's so nice to come to a church when you expect to receive, when you know that God has something for you. I, I don't know how many of you came to prayer yesterday, but God showed up and he showed out. And today is a continuation of that, moving up higher. So I'm expecting to receive today. Let's, uh, let's give God the praise in our offering. Let's say our offering decla declaration together. If you'll uh, say this with me. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper I am believing him for advancement God ideas blessings and increases financial freedom and breakthroughs amen ushers you may serve the people hello regeneration Nashville hello regeneration Nashville are you as excited to see me as I am to see you? Happy Labor Day. First of all, I want to just say what an amazing um, turnout we had for prayer yesterday. I honor this church for your hunger for the presence of the Lord, uh, to pursue his presence in prayer. We have an amazing church. I'm telling you, this church is an army. And there were so many places that you could have been on uh, Labor Day Saturday morning and you chose to be in the house of the Lord and I honor you for that. And God honored us because we had a powerful prayer meeting yesterday. We really did. We really did. Um, we have so much wonderful things in this service planned. And I believe that God has even more than what we have planned. I believe for surprises. I believe God's going to surprise us today. I believe somebody just came today and you think this is going to be another church service and God's going to radically change you and break some strongholds in your life and do miraculous things. I want to appreciate our musicians. I looked up here in the middle of, of worship. We have world renowned. Of course, this is, this is Music City. 
And God has redeemed music and he has redeemed musicians. And we have world class, I'm not kidding you, some of the music that you hear played around the world, true story, these musicians and some that have already left the stage have, are playing on it. And so I thank God for the best of the best in the house of God. And I'm going to go ahead and appreciate the choir. The choir is faithful. I'm going to give them honorable mention. They've already left the stage. But, but I love our choir and our praise team. And they just usher us into the presence of the Lord. And I'm so grateful for dedicated, sold-out singers and musicians that God has sent to Regeneration Nashville. Is that all right? <laughs> oh, amen. That, that last song that, that they sang, Spirit and the Bride, say did y'all like that my baby girl wrote that song I like that I will tell you though she can't take any credit for it the Holy Ghost was moving in the service and the Spirit of God gave her that song prophetically and they just started singing it and the musicians they all just started pray, playing and singing as one voice and and uh, so I don't think anybody but the Holy Ghost can take credit for that song. So anyway, I have so many things I want to share with you. I heard an old preacher say one time, he said, we're going to treat you so many ways you got to like one of them. So we're just going to treat you so many wonderful ways you got to like one of them. And uh, first of all, before I get into too much here, we have someone who has moved from Michigan we have Michigan here. Would you stand, Michigan, and let us honor you? Would you let us welcome you? Amen. God bless Michigan. Amen. Glad to have you. So we also have some Iowans. Who is from Iowa? And Would you stand and let us honor you? Welcome, Iowa. We're glad you're here. We have Pennsylvania. Where's Pennsylvania? All right. Glad to have you here. God bless you. Also, South Carolina. Where is South Carolina? Welcome. Welcome to Nashville. Yeah. Jasper, oh, Tennessee. That kind of looks like Indiana. But we got some Memphis and Jasper, Tennessee, and Knoxville, Tennessee. We got people traveling from all over the state of Tennessee. Would you stand and let us welcome you? Honored to have you here. Blessed to have you here. God bless you. Where are you from? Huh? Well, we're honored to have you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Have I missed anybody? Indiana. Where's Indiana? Stand up. There you are. Honored to have you. Bless you today in Jesus' name. Anybody else? Arizona. Stand, Arizona, and let us welcome you. So glad to have you here with us in Nashville. Did I hear Arkansas? Minnesota. You heard that, didn't you? Minnesota. I like that, brother. Welcome. We're honored to have you, sir. Arkansas. Stand, Arkansas. Let us welcome you. God bless you. So glad you're here. My goodness, have I missed anybody? Texas. Where's Texas? Stand up, Texas. My goodness, y'all having a heat wave down there, aren't you? 
Well, we're glad you came to Nashville for a little reprieve. What did I hear over here? Ohio, stand Ohio. We're glad you're here. Amen, amen. Who else, who else? All right, West Virginia, where's, where's West Virginia? God bless you. Am I hearing Florida? All right, where is Florida? All right, I, I, sorry? Y'all just having a big old time up there. I'm telling you what, y'all having way too much fun. I, I, church, you don't even have to stand, but, but would you just turn your hand towards these people, these representatives from Florida? We're gonna lift up the state of Florida. Father, right now we lift up the state of Florida. And God, we just speak peace to the winds in the state of Florida. And Father, we ask you for the protection of the Holy Ghost around, Lord, our brothers and sisters in Florida. And God, as Jesus Christ stood out on the bow of that boat and said, peace, be still. We declare peace, be still in the name of Jesus. Can you come in agreement with me, church? Peace, be still in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. Have I missed anybody? Chicago, Illinois. Stand up. Chicago. We're honored. God bless you. You know, I met, I met some people from North Carolina at prayer meeting yesterday. Are you in the service today? Huh? Is North Carolina here? There you are hiding up there. We're honored to have you. God bless you. There you go. God bless. Sorry? Birmingham, Alabama. Is there anybody from Alabama in this room? If you're from the state of Alabama, stand up. All right. Praise the Lord all over the room. We love our church family. And I hope that you don't mind that I acknowledge our family. You are our family. You are our family. You are our family. And we are honored that you would come. Yesterday, Pastor Kent and I were walking, uh, we're, sorry, we were riding in a car. And Pastor Kent uh, was reminding me of when he, God spoke to him about this being a God portal. A God portal for revival and signs and wonders and miracles. And when he said that in the car last night, the Holy Ghost said to me, a love portal. What's a love portal? Because God is, and where the Spirit of God is, there's love. And love is an earmark of great revivals, Azusa Street and Wells Revival and all those great revivals. Even in the books of, book of Acts, there was such love flowing that everybody sold their houses and gave their money to each other. My goodness. So this is a love portal, and, I, and I'm so excited about what God's doing here. So just a couple more things, and I'm going to bring on our special music. Uh, we have Youth Unite now every Sunday. Pastor Nicholas will be teaching uh, Youth Unite. Where's Pastor Nicholas? Uh, anyway, he, uh, he will be teaching right there. Stand up. You just saw him take up the offering. He will be teaching the young people every Sunday. And so make sure your Youth Unite. God's doing something great in our youth. He really is. There's revival in our youth. So I'm telling you what, Pastor Kent has been so excited wanting to have a tent meeting. 
How many of y'all want a tent meeting? <laughs> so, so October the 27th and the 28th, we're having camp meeting in a tent just for you. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do that in the parking lot of our uh, 709 Rivergate Parkway in our new church building. We'll set up a tent right there and have church. And we have Karen Wheaton coming. I'm going to tell you, that lady carries revival just wherever she goes. And Brother Tony Suarez is going to be ministering too. So you don't want to miss that. Mark your calendar. It is October 27th and 28th. Also, community group sign-up is this week, this Sunday, and next Sunday. And I want to just talk to you a minute about our call center. We have a powerful group of prayer warriors in this church. And the Lord spoke to me a few, a few weeks ago. I was on a prayer walk. And the Lord dropped in my spirit about a call center so that you and I uh, you and and I can minister on the telephone around the world to hurting people. How many of you know that there are hurting people out there that need powerful men and women of God that know how to pray? And so the Lord dropped that in my spirit a few weeks ago. We've talked with the uh, the general contractor and the architect, and we have that call center all mapped out in our new building. Training starts soon. And so I just, I want to invite you to be a part of that call center. And man, I'm taking too long. I just want to say one other thing. The day of Superstar Ministries is over. And this church is a plurality of ministry. And God has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. And God's going to use you in this church. And so I hope that you'll come and be a part of that call center. And this is the last thing that I'm going to tell you. I promise. Um, I remember when we were talking about prodigals a couple of week, weeks ago. And the Lord dropped this word in my spirit. Isaiah 65 and 24. And it is this. This is the New Living Translation. I want you to remember this. It says, I will answer them before they call to me. Remember? While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. You remember that? Now, we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. So, a friend of mine texted me on my cell phone. She lives in a, another state. And she said, after listening to your words about prodigal children... I want to ask you to add my dear friend's son, and she gave his name, to your list. My friend has not heard from him in weeks. If you could put his name on the church wall, I would greatly appreciate it. Love you dearly. So I got this text from her uh, August the 21st, this past Thursday. She said, I just got a call from my friend this boy's mother she said I sent the video of you and your church family writing names on the wall in the new building and she said I sent that video at 2.30 at 3 o'clock this young man called his parents as they were riding in the car he was crying and missing his family 
and very repentant. And she said, she gives all the glory to God and wanted you to know her prayers were answered. Isn't God good, somebody? Yeah. I believe every name on every wall and every beam in that church is a seed planted that will grow up a harvest for the kingdom of God. Can you get a hold of that? Could you give Jesus the biggest hand clap of the day? Yeah. Why don't you welcome higher ground? Come on, higher ground. It's a new season. Yeah, yeah. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness 
over every enemy. Jesus, for my family, I speak the holy name. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Are you glad you're in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. Um, we're just getting started. And um, God's doing some amazing things. Um, I'm watching the Lord just touch uh, so many uh, men and women out of Hollywood. Just seeing Kelsey Grammer give his heart to the Lord. Seeing Jim Carrey give his heart to the Lord. Seen Hong Kong and give his heart to the Lord, and it's just beginning to be like wildfire in the kingdom of the Lord. And um, 
I've watched uh, what God has done with dog, and um, it's just an amazing thing to see the Lord saved him, filled him with the Holy Ghost. Uh, he knows every famous person in the world, just about. You don't want to go to dinner with him. Uh, I went to eat with him yesterday, and um, he gets up and pulls two young men away from their table, takes them outside and starts praying over them. Turns out they're both backslidden boys from um, pastors. Uh, and so there's a boldness there. And what God is doing is he is beginning to raise up men and women that are going to be able to minister outside the normal church. So he ain't never going to look like me. He probably never preached my style. But God uh, has raised Dog up. He has become a son in the Lord to me. Um, it's an honor to be able to pour into him. And so um, I believe that God's going to do great things with this man and his wife. And um, so I'm, this church is investing in him. And uh, we're, we're going to invest in him financially today, too. If you just want to sow into the ministry, we're gonna, we can leave some, some buckets up here. But um, God's doing a work in him, uh, has called him to ministry. And I believe that, that he's going to see a lot of people come to the kingdom of the Lord. And so uh, I, I told him, so I'm going to give you a few minutes. Listen, you can't learn to preach unless you preach. And this is a wonderful house, uh, and we love this man and his wife. And so, dog, yes, preach the word. Yes, sir. Thank you. I love you. Thank you very much. Francie, come up here. So thank you very much. You ready? Yeah. Oh, thank you, sir. This is my mentor, he means. <laughs> and I got a good one. Where are you going, Francia? Oh, she's getting the microphone. So we're gonna, we, we've thought about a few things to say today because I was warned ahead of time. But uh, man, I had uh, so many things to say, so we decided to do this one about because of the prayers that we're having after about, Mrs., you talking about the love, what is it called? The love tunnel? Love portal. Love portal. So Francie and I, about five years ago and four years ago, lost our spouses. We've said this story a few times, but each time we say it, more anointing comes and we say different things that we might have forgotten or couldn't have said, but Kent told me it's okay to say whatever I like up here. <laughs> so Francie's former spouse's name was Bob, and my former spouse's name was Beth. Do you want to start or do I want to? Sure. Go. Do you want me to? Yeah. So first... Uh, I just want to say that Doug and I celebrated our second year anniversary yesterday. And um, a prayer meeting here at the church of Holy Ghost Hoedown. It was incredible. There you go. Oh, thank right, you. Thanks, honey. And um, there's no place else that we would rather be than here with you guys. We love you so much. And uh, we're so honored. Every time I step foot in this house, the Lord says to me, your home. And so we love you guys so much. And so may I say, you could tell Linda, we need a house by a lake. <laughs> we want, really, Linda, right? We need rent with lease to buy. We need at least a couple acres because she yells a little bit when she praises the Lord. 
and, or you're a little loud. And we need that. We want to have this here. Florida is our home, but we want to be able to come here because this is our home. This is our church home. This is our family. So please, if you got a house that we have one pet, that we need to we need to rent a house. Tell Linda. So we just wanted to encourage you guys a little bit today and share some of how what Dog thought and I, what Dog and I thought was the end was actually just the very beginning of what God had for our lives. And uh, I lost my husband to multiple, multiple myeloma. It's a blood cancer that grows in your bone marrow. We battled for three years, and he went home to be with the Lord in December of 2018. And uh, I come from this very little tiny town in Elizabeth, Colorado, in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm a country girl. I've been on, the, on a ranch for 30 years, and uh, I'm in this place of, okay, Lord, now what? Now what am I supposed to do? And I had uh, just been going through my grief and crying and sobbing over what my life was going to look like now. And there was a lot of screaming and yelling and cussing happening in the middle of that process. And God just started to speak to me in a way that, that he had never spoken to me before and started to say to me, if you're willing to give me your full yes and to give me all of you, then I'm going to show you what I'm capable of. And I didn't know exactly what that meant but at the time, but I was at the most broken place I had ever been in my life. Um, I've come from a rough background, and I grew up in Miami and had a life um, full of drugs and drug dealing and married to a drug dealer. And so now I'm at this place of, okay, Lord, I'm saying yes to you, and I'm giving you my full yes, and I'm giving all of me to you. And I don't know exactly what that looks like or where I'm going with that. But I give you my yes, and I spent a year and a half working on myself and uh, all the things that I did, needed to deal with within me in order for God to use me. And so I spent a year and a half doing that and still had no idea what that looked like, but I still kept telling God, no matter how much this hurts, no matter how bad I feel, no matter how much I want to die, no matter how much I have no idea what my life looks like and where I'm headed, I'm still saying yes to you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to lay on my face. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my yes, and I'm not going to stop until you show me. So in the process of that, my best friend is Katie Souza. She has a ministry in Arizona who now lives in Florida with us. And I went to Arizona with a friend of mine, and um, we were soaking, and Katie was praying over me, and I'm working on my grief, and I'm there with a friend of mine, and she jumps off, off the bed one morning while she's looking for worship music on 
YouTube and says, oh my gosh, Beth Chapman just passed away two days ago from cancer. And she starts crying, so I start crying. And the word cancer at that time makes me cry because I'm very fresh into my grief. And so I realized after a couple of minutes I'm crying over somebody that I don't know, so I say to her, who's Beth Chapman? And she says, Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife. They've been battling cancer, and I've been following their story and watching them. And I said, oh, okay, who's Dog the Bounty Hunter? <laughs> she goes, what? He's from Colorado. You have to know who he is. I'm like, nope. <laughs> so she pulls up a picture off of Google of Dog and Beth, and she holds it right, in, right up to my face, very close, and she goes, this. This is Dog the Bounty Hunter. You have to know who he is. I'm like, nope, I have no idea who that is. And that dude needs a haircut. <laughs> I love you so much, and I don't think that anymore. You said that before. <laughs> <laughs> so she prophesies over me that God gave her this vision of how I was going to meet Dog the Bounty Hunter, and God was going to use us to change lives all over the world. So I started laughing, and I told her, your God antennas are twisted, girlfriend, because no, <laughs> that ain't happening. So we spend a week uh, in Arizona, and, I, and we go home, and um, two months later, there's three messages on Bob's phone and I, I'm not calling anybody back anymore. I'm about nine months into my grieving process then, and, I, and I'm just not returning calls. So <laughs> there is, I erase the first two messages and I don't even listen to them. And the next message starts playing out loud on, on the speaker of Bob's phone. And while I'm half listening to the message and half wondering how is this happening and why won't it shut off because I'm trying to stop it and, turn and erase it and it won't. And I hear the guy say, this is Doug Chapman and I'm looking for Bob and Carlos is my next door neighbor and a really good friend. And I'm like, oh, Carlos was a client of Bob's and he doesn't realize Bob passed away so I should call this guy back. So I call back from Bob's phone and a, and a guy answers, hello. No, it was like, a, hello? <laughs> is Doug there? <laughs> you said, is Doug there? I did. I said, because people say that, so I go, yeah, go ahead, lady. <laughs> so I say, Doug, I'm really sorry, but Bob passed away months ago of cancer. And the guy starts bawling. And I'm like, who the heck is Doug? And why is he crying over Bob? And all of a sudden, I hear the guy take this deep breath, and he goes, my name's not Doug. It's Dog, the bounty hunter. And I just lost my wife to cancer. And I am frozen. And in my mind, like, is playing like a movie of all of this prophecy that, that my friend Paige spoke over me months, two months earlier about how I'm gonna meet him, and God's gonna use us. And she had this vision that this limo pulled up to a curb, and her and I were all dressed up. And she gets out first, 
and then I get out, and then there's a hand that reaches into the limo and grabs my hand and pulls me out of the car, and it's dog. And so this whole time I'm telling her how crazy she is and that that is not going to happen. And all of this stuff is playing in my mind like, God, what are you doing? What is happening right now? And so we had this very long two-hour conversation. Because I was very upset about how the doctors told us about cancer. They, the doctors we dealt with just wanted our 500000 per treatment. And oh, it's going to be okay. And she kept melting and melting and melting. So I'm a half Apache and a very good Christian raised Assembly of God, but I still know what dynamite means. And I am a wagon burner <laughs> from the inside out. And so I was like, I want to pay him back. And she was settling me down saying, hold on, listen, using scriptures all of a sudden with me and telling me that she had been through it. And so all of a sudden I was like freezing on the other end of the phone. I knew that she had lost her husband, so the word widow to me meant no contact, biblically, right? I know what the Bible says about widows and children. So I was like, oh, no way, Jose, but I'll listen to her because she, I could tell, was led by the Spirit of God. Where were we? So we had this two-hour conversation about what we had both went through and how we walked alongside them and took care of them and were their caregivers, and uh, we ended up walking them both home. And so... So then I had a guy, that bond was 300000 the last bond Beth wrote. And if I didn't catch the guy in 30 days, I had to pay three hundred grand. I had about $300. And they, I would have went to jail for that, because in Hawaii, that's the law. So I told her, I'm after this guy, I need you to pray, because I didn't have, I read it, no one was there to pray for me anymore. I was like, my mommy's dead, everybody's gone. I'm the last Mohican, only I'm Apache. So <laughs> I said, would you pray? And so I went after the guy, and she was like, or you're not going to catch him this time. I go, don't say that, ma'am, because the tongue is the most unruly member. I want you to say that. Well, I'm sorry, but I want to tell you, the Lord showed me you're not. And I was like, oh, God. Three weeks, we didn't catch him. We finally did. So do your, um, so then one what night, you did in the truck. So then one night, I went to get a thing cut off my head. I'm driving my truck home from in Colorado. I hadn't been in the snow in years. I got outside, and I, when I pulled up, there was three car, 30 cars. I went outside after the surgery, 300 cars. I'm like, where's my car? That little thing, click, 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 didn't work. The battery was dead. Oh, no, I said, in the name of Jesus, help me find my car. It didn't work either. So I'm like, oh, no. So I told security, help me find my car. They brought my car around. I drove it home. There's two radios security left in the car. I had to drive all the way back there with only Tylenol for the stitches. I drove all the way back, gave the guys that. I drove and I said, okay, Lord, this is it. I don't know why I did this. I do now. I got out of the car in the snow and drew this circle around my truck. And I went in and said, this is holy ground. Shut the dome lob right off and said, me and Jesus. I wanted to name my book that's coming out called Me and Jesus Got Our Own Thing Going. She changed the words to this. What is it? This dog has nine lives. Nine lives in county. <laughs> nine lives in But I go, me and you, Lord, this is it. Okay, here's what I need. It's been years. I need a woman. And I don't need a woman for, I need a partner. I can't find my car. I said in Jesus' name that didn't work. 
I, you, you men understand, and you women take the credit. And I said, I can't, who do I be a hero for anymore? My kids are all grown. Daddy's like, Daddy, see ya. Who do I be nice for? Who is there? Who tells me they love me? Who touches me? Lord, I need a woman. So I felt condemned that I was asking God for a woman. And I went, wait a minute. I know you're not a respecter person. So I'm like, oh, the first prayer he ever answered was Adam and Eve. So Adam's answering, you know, naming all the animals two by two. And I think Adam thought, well, where's my animal? You know, I got nothing. So I didn't know it happened like this. As I was looking for it, I found a scripture in Genesis, Google on my phone. God does not expect a man to be alone. I lit up heaven then. Whoa, I said, hallelujah, it's okay to ask for a woman. I can ask for a partner, God. So I got to it. I didn't know it said this. I thought Adam woke up, oh la la, a woman next to him, ihole. I didn't know that Adam, God said, wakey, wakey. Adam said, okay. He said, hey, brother, come with me. He said, oh, my side hurts. And, and God said, come on, man, I want to show you something. In between, and this is dog's version, in between a rock and a tree stood this naked woman with the sun, and Adam went, whoa, man. And God said, that's right, we're going to call her woman. And I said, so Lord, you did it for Adam. I need an Eve. And here's what I want. I don't care what tribe she's from, but since I'm asking, I want a tall one and thin. And I want her full of the Holy Ghost. And I want her gifts of the Spirit to flow. And I want her to love me beyond anything there is. I will love her so much. And I drove home. All of a sudden, I see this text come across the phone. It's Fancy Francie, the widow. And I'm like, maybe I go to coffee with her because, you know, I didn't even look anywhere at her like any kind of thing. And she came in, cowgirl boots on and all that. I'm like, oh, thank God. And I looked at her hands, and it reminded me of my mother. So I was really, thank God, right? I know everything's cool. Why are you laughing over there, Tennessee? So I thought, I thought, wow, I'm for sure cool now. And I never felt anything. I didn't feel one thing. And then I said to her, because we got a few minutes, I said to her, can you, five. five minutes? I said to her, would you go watch a movie with me? And she goes, which one? I thought, ooh, I know The Rock. You don't curse much. How about Jumanji? She's like, how come you heard of Jumanji, but you hadn't heard of me? And she, <laughs> Yeah, that's the first time I thought of that. So she said, uh, she said, okay, if you go to church. I will if you go to church with me first. I said, well, you're Pentecostal, right? Yeah, I go now. Pentecostal or the snake kind Pentecostal? And she's a rancher. She's like, what is the snake kind? I go, never mind. We go to church. She said, this is the best part besides the marriage. We go to church. She tells the, everybody, don't talk to my friend I'm bringing. He don't do pictures in church. You know, Jesus whooped him with the whip, so I ain't getting in trouble. I told her that. So I'm in church. Pentecostal starts. All of a sudden, I hear like this word, and I tell her, uh-oh, lady. Hey, that's my name in Holy Ghost, ma'am. How do you know? I said, my mother prayed for me every day of her life. Shitiyakitiyai is my name and Holy Ghost. And she thinks, oh, this guy's a nut. So the pastor's a big, tall man walking up and down the platform, right, trying to find me. 
and he sees me hiding behind this woman, easy to see. Did I say that right? And he looks like that and goes, dog, come here. Now, in that car, I said, Lord, if I would have been there when that cock crew, I'd have ate that chicken's head off. If they would have crucified you, I'd have died with you, for I am a soldier in your army. I know everybody's going to dance around the throne, but I want to be, I want to ride a cherubim, and I want an M16 in my hand, and I want to go, I'm saying this to God, because I'm a soldier in God's army. So the tongues came out, the guy called me up there, I told him, please don't slay me in front of all these people. <laughs> Said other things too, but he, I won't say it. So he said, I won't slay you. I don't have to touch you. I go, preacher, don't mess with me, please. I came back to the thing, and I sat by her. No interpretation. I'm safe. All of a sudden, go. The interpretation comes from the pastor's wife. And she steps up to the front, and she says, my son, my son, I heard your prayer, my warrior son. Your whole life is about to change. Everything that I have called you to is about to come to pass. And your whole life is about to change. And what you asked me for is standing right in front of you. And I was like, oh God, I'm gonna meet the girl soon. <laughs> I'm assembly of God, huh? Takes us a minute. And I looked over and I started seeing a different kind of widow. <laughs> and I said, oh my God. And I said this to my mother in heaven, mother, behold thy son, it's her. <laughs> oh my God. She's like, what? But when I first came in the church, I kind of went like this to get close to her. She flipped me off. But then I grabbed her hand and she squeezed because yeah, you know what you just did to me in that church. Because she thought I was going to run away when they called me to the front. And yesterday was our second year anniversary. We're going across the country. She's got her mentors, but I have Kent Christmas. And I'm telling you what, he's not easy on me unless he's in front of Francie. He should be easy no, on you. And we are living the life of God. It is the greatest life. I have been in places that I won't even tell you about. On the other side, there's certain sins I would not do, but I have never in my life Me too. seen the miracles and experienced the love that we're one minute over that we've ever had. Thank you, sir. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> love you. We just want to encourage you guys that if you're believing God for some things and you've been waiting. Give him your full yes. Give God your full yes because he wants all of you. He wants all of you. And then he has for you. Praise God. Amen. Does this sound like it's on? Is it on? God's doing a, a whole new thing. And... Uh, I believe in the preached word of the Lord. I, I, would, I was born to preach. But I think we need to get ready because I believe that God is going to begin to do things in such unusual manners. And uh, a wonderful uh, glory of God. The Lord gave us a great word of the Lord yesterday in prayer meeting. And um, 
I, I want to preach to you something I really feel like is revelation to me. I've really, I've never seen this before. And we're going to read uh, three different portions of Scripture. We're going to um, start out in Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to start with verse 20, or Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I'm also going to um, read out of Luke chapter 4, verse 6, and we're going to take our last verse out of Matthew chapter 28 <clears throat> and verse 18. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. This is what I want you to get. And let them have dominion. Then he says, this is what they're going to have dominion over. The fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, over all the earth. And every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. And then to the last part, he says, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Uh, as we go to our next verse in Luke chapter uh, 10, you cannot have dominion unless you are like God. God decreed that man would have dominion, but then he said he's got to look like us and he's got to act like us. Out of um, Luke chapter 10, I hope this, I can't read my own writing sometimes. Uh, Luke chapter 10. Now let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, and um, this is the setting where the devil is engaging Jesus in conversation in the wilderness. And in the fourth chapter, after a couple of temptations, verse 5, and the devil taketh him, Jesus, up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This was not a natural vision. He is showing Jesus in the spirit realm all the kingdoms of the world. And then he makes this profound statement. This is what the devil says to Jesus. And the devil said unto him, the King James uses the word power, but it's translated, and this is very key. This is not power. This is authority. He says, all this authority will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. So he's looking at Jesus, 
And he's making a correct statement. He said, this authority was delivered to me. God could not take the devil's authority from him at this point because the devil obtained it legally. He did not subdue it. He did not, he did not steal it. Adam gave to the devil the authority or the dominion that God gave to Adam. And then one more verse, Matthew chapter 28. Verse 16, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus, verse 18, came, spake unto them, saying, All, not word, not power, bad translation, all authority is given unto me. Now remember in Genesis, God gives Adam dominion, but only over the earth. This is after resurrection. Jesus makes this statement and he says, all authority is given unto me, not just in the earth, but in heavenly places. Does not the Bible say that the devil is the prince of the power of the air, that he is in heavenly places? So, Lord, we thank you. God, that you are still unveiling the mystery that has been hid from other ages and other generations. That God, you will need, leave nothing un, that will be veiled when the church leaves. That God, we thank you that over these next few short years, there will be profound understanding that is going to cloak thy people. That, God, we are stepping over into revelation and mysteries that are going to equip us to accomplish the word of the Lord. God bless you. You can be seated. The world is in a mess because the church lost its militant unction. We traded freedom from demons for temporary prosperity. 
There are leaders today that would rather have 5,000 saints in their sanctuary that are captives than to have 100 in the building that are free. The mess that we are in politically and morally on every front in the earth can only be laid at the feet of the church and even more so at the feet of ministry. And the enemy brought in this false narrative that the church should only be about love. But love does not mean that you have to embrace sin. Love, hallelujah, real love means telling somebody the truth. If a doctor has a close friend that comes in and the man's not feeling well and they have been companions over the years and maybe went on vacation together and the guy says, Doc, I'm not, I'm not feeling well. And he does an examination, he does an MRI and he realizes this guy has a massive tumor of cancer in his body. Love is not telling him, oh, you're fine, go home. Everything will be all right. Because he doesn't want to create some immediate problems. Love says, you got a tumor, but if we can cut it out, we can extend your life. We are coming into a realm where God is going to use the word of the Lord that is sharper than any two-edged sword to begin to cut out the cancer of sin that is in the house of God and radically rejuvenate the church of the Most High. When you go back to the New Testament, it is full of military terms. Battle, soldier, war, weapons, enemies, armor. All of these are terms that God associates with the body of Christ. If you would ask the liberals today, is there an enemy in the earth? They would have no problem telling you, yes, there is. And that enemy are Christians. So why would it not be the same for us to declare? It's not men and women that they're the enemy of the church. It is the demonic spirits in the atmosphere. When Jesus comes on the scene, he is coming, the Bible says, to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he was manifested. He is coming to right wrongs. The devil recognizes to some degree. I don't believe the enemy knows everything. I don't believe the devil is all-knowing. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He is a man, according to Isaiah, because the Bible says when we see him in eternity, we will say, is this the man that made nations tremble and the earth to shake? He knew there was something different about Jesus. 
And we know that even as an early age that there were attempts to kill baby Jesus. Herod put a hit out on him, causing many, many babies to be killed there in the area where Jesus was. But from the age of birth to the age of 30, there are no accounts of there ever being a battle engagement between God manifested in flesh called Jesus and the devil. In fact, his life is silent pretty much except for a short view into him at the age of 12 as he is confounding the lawyers and the scribes of that day in the temple. But the Bible was not interested in describing to us the natural life of Jesus. He waited until Jesus was thrust into purpose. And the moment that Jesus Christ is thrust into purpose, we begin to get an account of the Gospels of what Jesus was capable of. To this point, Jesus is unusual. The reason being is because he has no natural father and he has no sin in him. He is sinless. But the absence of sin does not mean you are anointed. This is a mistake a lot of believers make in thinking because I am a good person then I am powerful. Good is not righteousness. There's going to be a lot of good people probably miss heaven. Sincerity doesn't make it true. Muslims are sincere. Buddhists are sincere. Hindus are sincere. But it doesn't mean it's truth. Uh, if you believe the Bible, he says, there is only one way, and Jesus is that way. And if any man enter into any other way, he is the same as a thief and a robber. So Jesus, hallelujah, is getting ready to be thrust into his purpose. He does not operate in ministry because he's not operating in authority. It takes the Holy Ghost to operate in authority. This is why so much of the body of Christ who denies the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, hear me. You can go to heaven and not speak in tongues. We're not going to draw a theological sword there. Heaven is going to be filled with men and women that did not speak in tongues, but they gave their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's not what I want to deal with. What I want to deal with is you will never stop the onslaught of the demonic powers in the earth without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because there has to be an infilling. It's not tongues. I know people that are mean as a devil that speak in tongues. I was raised in Pentecost, some of the most unforgiving, critical 
mean, but they could get in the altar and just speak in tongues, and somehow they thought that was all. You can go to hell and speak in tongues. You can't. It's the utterance of the Lord. Jesus, at the age of 30, feel this, feels this unction that drives him down the valley to Galilee. There his cousin is baptizing, and he has felt impressed. He goes to John. He says, I need to be baptized. Whenever you're getting ready to be thrust into your purpose, you will not have a full understanding of what you're feeling, but there will be this driving force that begins to push you into another realm, into another direction. He looks at John and he says, you got to baptize me. John, with hesitation and trepidation, takes Jesus, the incarnate God Almighty, buries him in the waters of baptism. When he goes into the waters of baptism, the Bible says when he comes out, heaven opens and the Holy Ghost comes out of heaven, looks like a dove, settles on Jesus. And from that moment on, he is clothed with authority and power to walk in the ministry that God has called him in. When he now begins to move through the earth, he is doing what no man has ever done. He can walk into a room full of men that are sick and begin to speak the word and demons begin to flee. The interesting thing about this is that Jesus has authority, but so does the devil. The devil has not been stripped of his authority. So you have two conflicting powers entities that are in the earth and both of them have authority and you would think well that doesn't make sense but it does because the devil only had authority in the earth Jesus has authority in the heavenlies and whoever rules in the heavenlies rules in the earth. This is why when you and I get saved, the Bible says that eternally that we are made to sit in heavenly places. This is why when I tell you prophetically that ambulances will line up at the door of this church and we will see men and women healed of all kinds of sickness and disease. How can we say that? Because we have the authority over demons in the earth because we sit with him in heavenly places. This is why the devil could not kill Jesus ever. Didn't matter how much they tried to take him down. 
down. Why? Because the authority of Jesus trumped the authority of the devil. That's why the Lord said, tell the devil or tell the enemy, he has nothing in me. There is no stronghold in this building today that has the enemy's foot in it. But we have the power of the Holy Ghost. This is why Jesus could raise dead people. Messed up every funeral. This is why he could look at a man that natural means could not control him. One of my problems, and you have to walk a really fine line here because I'm not looking to offend anybody. But because the church, by and large, does does not operate in the casting out of demons. Listen, there there was no sickness when there was no sin. Sickness never got in human beings until man sinned. And the reason that every human being dies is because there is in our natural body a sin virus. No matter, you know, I think of all of these really well-known philanthropists and billionaires and all of these men that have such great authority and power in the earth today and talk about, you know, they're going to regene humanity and we're going to grow brains and we're going to grow bodies and, and we don't need God because we are gods. And I'm thinking, but you're still dying. Most of these guys look like death warmed over. They don't look like they're 30. They've lost their hair. They're wearing thick glasses. They have a cane. They can't run. Some of them are 80 years old, 85 years old. That ought to be a wake-up call right there that says that you are going to die. And man is appointed to death, and then after that, the judgment. And so, we have a lot of sickness that's loose in the body of Christ because We give names to things that we don't think are demonic. And I don't want to get kicked off of YouTube again or Facebook, so I'm not going to name them. Because we need the gospel preached out into the world. But I can tell you this, that there are a whole lot of things that are not sickness. They're demon spirits. If you want to know why your eight-year-olds having behavioral problems, quit let them watching violent videos with decapitation and evil and demonic signal beings and all of this stuff. They're not programmed at that age to be able to process that. They can't separate it like you and I can when we're adults. 
And so what the Lord is trying to do, he's trying to bring the church into a place. The only way we're going to turn America around is if the church gets militant and goes back to war with the demonic powers that rule in heavenly places. We don't need any more degrees. We don't need to build any more buildings. We don't need any more Bible schools. We don't need any more books. What we need is some men and women that are full of the authority of God that can come in the heavenly places to decree we are pulling down every stronghold that's trying to destroy our country. Let me be clear, Biden is not the enemy of the church. Pelosi's not, Fauci's not, Microsoft isn't, none of that. Listen, those are natural things. The enemy that we have to declare against is the principalities and powers that are ruling in the heavenly places. And until we get churches all over America to do what we did yesterday, we're marching to hell on grease skids. But you give me a Holy Ghost-filled church that knows who they are, full of the Holy Ghost, and hell begins to shake. When Jesus comes out of the waters, there's lots of theological debates on this, but my, my take is this. He was not anointed until he was baptized because he restricted himself from deity and he limited, as long as he was in a physical body, he was limited by the restrictions of that fleshly house. And so everything that Jesus did supernaturally was not as God. But it was as a man who was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now we know that he eventually reassumes his deity. It never meant that he wasn't God. It just meant he was God in the flesh. So everything he's doing is in the realm from a fleshly realm. That means that you and I have no limitations on us. Because the Bible says that as Jesus is, so are we right now in this present age. By the Holy Ghost, we take authority over the elections that are coming up. That there will be justice no matter who wins. We take authority over cancer that's in the body of Christ and we command it to leave. We take authority over our children that do not function and we declare by the Holy Ghost that every assignment from hell against our kids is broken in the name of Jesus. We loosen open heaven over Canada today in the name of the Lord that this liberal agenda that's being perpetrated on our brothers and sisters is broken in the name of Jesus. Soon as Jesus is anointed, in fact, the Bible says that as soon as he was anointed, that he was driven into the wilderness 
And the first thing that happened was the verse I read that the devil told him, I will give you the authority over the earth if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus is thinking, I already got authority. Why would I fall down and worship a snake? I have authority. Hallelujah, I am anointed. So then in Matthew, immediately after baptism, he makes this declarative statement that is pulled from Isaiah that says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has what? Anointed me. Because... I'm going to set the captives free. I'm going to heal the brokenhearted. I'm going to set at liberty them that are bruised. I'm going to preach the gospel to the poor. And I am going to open the eyes of the blind. None of those could have been accomplished unless, hallelujah, there was an anointing of the Holy Ghost upon them. For that moment on, for those... Three and a half years, you had a a man walking in the earth in a fleshly body that was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Anointing is nothing more than this. It's the Holy Ghost giving you the ability to do the supernatural. It's basically just the Holy Ghost flowing through you. This is why we have great orators, we have great theologians, we have great speakers, but those in themselves without them being coupled or married to anointing does not shake the powers of darkness. It takes the anointing. I I think it's in Isaiah, but it says it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. America is bound. Never has man lived longer in the United States than he lives right now. But statistically, they also declare this. Never have Americans been more sick than they are right now. Every other commercial on television is either about junk food or medicine. And when you look at, they will tell you if you have this wrong with you, you take this medicine. And then they got some guy that talks fast like a machine gun. And he's something, you don't know everything yet. I'm thinking the symptoms from the drug are worse than the disease. Wouldn't it just be easier? To let somebody that's anointed lay hands on you and say, in the name of Jesus, I command this sickness to leave your body. When Jesus heals, there is no symptoms. There is no side effects. The only side effect you got is joy unspeakable and full of glory. That you can get up in the morning and not have to take nine different medicines, but you are healed by the power of God. So Jesus 
releases his ministry in the earth, the enemy could not take him out. But he was the head. He wasn't the body. When Jesus goes to the end of his ministry and we find him now on the cross, the Bible said he lays down his life. The only thing that died at Calvary was the body of Jesus, the physical body of Jesus. Why? Because he was the Lamb of God. But nobody dies. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. You just move. You're in this world one moment, and you're in another world the next. Now, I've never been there, so I can't prove that. But there's been enough people who have died for a few minutes and then came back and told their story. There is no blank dark lake that you disappear into and you cease to exist. You just move. When Jesus gives up the ghost on the cross and his blood begins to drip, it begins to touch, hallelujah, the throne room of the Lord. We know this, that after resurrection, the blood was put on the mercy seat on the true tabernacle in heaven. But when the blood dripped to the earth, listen, the blood on the mercy seat for heaven, the true tabernacle, was to give you and I access into heaven. But the blood that dripped from Emmanuel's veins in the earth was to give us authority over the earth. And when the blood of Jesus satisfied the courts of heaven, that the law that had been nailed against them was fulfilled. The last thing that Jesus did before, hallelujah, he came up out of the grave. Because the Bible says in Ephesians, he begins to descend in the spirit form down into the lower parts of the earth, into hell. Hell has had authority over every single person that has ever went in there, saved or unsaved. God has divided hell into two compartments, Sheol and Hades. But because the blood has not satisfied the law, Abraham was in hell, Isaac was in hell, Isaiah was in hell. They just weren't in torment. The, the one parable said there was a gulf fixed between heaven or hell and Sheol. For the first time, here comes a man who has authority to strip the devil of his authority. Nowhere does it ever say the devil at Calvary lost his power. We know that he's not because look at the earth. But from Calvary on, everything that the devil does by his authority is illegal. 
This is why we win in the last days. It's because you and I have the legal side of heaven on our side. This is why the Lord said, I'm not going to do it for you because I'm sitting and I've declared it's finished. But he said, I will tell you this, whatever you bind, I will bind. And whatever you loose, I will loose. Why? Because he knew that when he left, he was going to release authority. And here goes Jesus down into hell, walks into the stronghold where the devil is. And he looks at all the Old Testament saints. And the devil recognizes him because he's already met him in a wilderness. He said, what are you doing here? He said, I've come to get them out. But he said, I want you to know that today I am stripping you of your authority that was delivered to you by the first Adam. He said, because I am the last Adam and I am taking taking back what you do not have. The devil today has zero authority. He has no authority. He has power. But the Lord gives us that. Resurrection changes everything. When Jesus came out of the grave, He had authority before he went in. But now he makes this unusual statement. He said, all authority and all power has been given unto me. What was he declaring? Because within a few hours, within a 12-hour period after he was resurrected, he told Mary, don't touch me. Not yet ascended to my father. And then that evening, he says, now you can touch me. He went up into heaven, put the blood on the mercy seat. The courts of heaven and the judge took a gavel and says, fulfilled. Hallelujah. When that gavel dropped, the father was giving Jesus the authority that the first Adam had given away. And now he says, not only do I have the authority that's been given me, but he said, I now have the authority back that was given the devil. And he said, all authority in heaven and in earth is mine. There's, there's something about resurrection that does incredible things. Jesus made this statement about Jonah. He says, as Jonah was in the belly of the earth three days, in, or, or, or in, the, in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. When Jonah was told by God to go preach to Nineveh, he said, I ain't doing that. The Bible says that he found a, a ship to Tarshish, and he ran from the presence of the Lord. On the third day, the fish, the whale, vomited out Jonah. It was a type of resurrection. He was resurrected out of hell. 
He talks about the, the bars that surrounded him, the, the rib cage of the whale and, and all of those things. And he, he calls it hell. Resurrection is so powerful that when Jonah was resurrected out of the fish, that number one, speed was invoked. And what normally would take two or three days only took him less than a day to get to Nineveh. But resurrection gave him such a powerful message that an entire city that was heathenistic, atheistic, and idol worshipers and rebellious, every single one of them got saved from one single message because all of Nineveh had repented. Can you imagine what's getting ready to happen in the earth? The day of Pentecost was not resurrection of a church. It wasn't resurrection of a body. It was the birth. The church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. And in Luke, the Lord is talking to him. He said, I need you to go to Jerusalem and tarry until, it basically said, until you're anointed. Because one, one translation says, until you be clothed with the ability of God. Now you have <clears throat> a group of men and women that are buried with fear. They're hanging out in a room because they're terrified of the Romans and the Jews. But the moment that the Holy Ghost came into that room and it set on them like it did Jesus at baptism, the heavens were open and tongues of fire set upon each of them. And what were they endued with? Authority. Because Jesus says this. I believe I have it written down here. He's speaking. Luke 10 and 19. He says, I give you authority. To crush with your foot the head of serpents and scorpions. And he said, over all the power of the enemy. Our issue in America and in the earth is not that our enemy has authority. It's that they are operating in power with illegal authority. God only backs up that which is legally recognized in the courts of heaven. So when we say in the name of Jesus, 
we are declaring a legal precedence that by the name of Jesus, that all power in heaven and earth has been given unto that name. You can look at any demonic spirit that's in your body, in your business, in your marriage, in your children, and say, you may be there, but you are there illegal. And by the authority of the Holy Ghost that I have in my life, when I was made a new creation in Christ Jesus, I command you to come out and to relieve and to let them go by the Holy Ghost. I command today every demon spirit in this building, in your body, I have authority over you. You will leave in the name of Jesus. Bring it back now to two thousand and twenty was when the coronavirus hit, right? We are now getting ready to step into two thousand and twenty four. Three is the most pivotal number in the Bible for extraordinary things. By all rights and purposes, the enemy buried the church. Buried hope, buried health. I am a strong believer that the coronavirus is real. I just don't believe in the vaccine. I believe that it's dangerous, and I believe that it can kill you. Even the medical people tell you that masks, even after three hours, you need to discard them and put a new one on because you begin to breathe all these microbes in, 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 that recirculate and begins to breathe all kinds of stuff. The box says they don't work. <laughs> and yet if you separate six feet, the virus dies. Oh, and by the way, if you're eating, it won't bother you. But if you don't have it on two minutes before your plate gets on the table, that thing's going to get you. But when the waitress shows up and gives you your plate, then it'll leave you alone until you get done eating. And then you got to put it back on. Do you realize the stupidity that has hit America? How this nation that has invented so many extraordinary things, put man on the moon, has put satellites in the heavens, can be so deluded. The reason hell went after the church is because it recognizes that we have authority. Hallelujah. We have authority. When Jesus came out of the grave, it was not the same body that went in. Scripture says the seed that is sown is not the same seed that comes up out of the ground. It comes out with a different body. Resurrection creates metamorphosis. 
there's a chain reaction that releases the DNA of a seed. And all of the purpose and the potential begins to come up out of that seed when it's combined with, with the warmth of the sun and the nutrients of the soil and the rain that falls upon it. All of these different factors begin to cause that thing to come out. This is why the Lord talks about, I am the light of the world, and I am the rain, hallelujah, that falls upon man. And, and I am the good ground that the seed is sown into. What's he talking about? He's saying you need these factors for the purpose of God to be released. There is a, not a birthing, but there is a resurrection that's in the atmosphere now. This is why the enemy is so upset and there's so much resistance against spirit-filled churches. Because the enemy is not afraid of anybody that doesn't walk in authority. But the devil recognizes that the authority that he used to have. Hallelujah. When Jesus came out of the grave, there was only one human being on the earth that had authority. And it was him. He did not share it with the devil. The enemy has been stripped. Hallelujah. That's why you and I have authority. That's why when you pray, you just declare in the name of the Lord. Listen, in the next <clears throat> four weeks, we need $2 million to pay for the, the, the next two stages that, that we're walking into in this building. I refuse <clears throat> to be brought under the spirit of debt. And so we decree today that the devil has to give us the money. <clears throat> Call me crazy, but faith does extraordinary things. Hallelujah, if you'd have told me 10 years ago, Pastor Ken, you're going to have to believe for $14 million, I'd have said you might as well kill me because I can't do that. <clears throat> we were still trying to figure out how to pay credit card debt and how to make a house payment and, and, you know, how to keep a used car working. But it was a process. But listen, God has done such a work. Hallelujah, that this building says the Lord that we are building is just the first of many that we're going to have and control and release in the body of Christ. So in the name of the Lord, around the world, I put a clarion call out that this week, hallelujah, that men and women begin to call, begin to send in checks that, that will total $2 million, that we will never miss a payment. We will never miss paying a vendor, but it's released in the Holy Ghost that we are going to build this building on time. Hallelujah. That God is going to do something supernatural in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This blanket of heaviness that the enemies tried to put on you that says you have to live with this. You can't do anything about it. That I've got you where I want you. You've got to rise up in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and to declare that the Lord says uh, that I have power. I have authority. This verse is extraordinary because he says, I give you authority 
Not over the authority of the devil. Why? Because he didn't have any. He said, I give you authority over all the power. By the Spirit of the Lord. This is what I see prophetically. That somewhere around in the next three or four months, there is a resurrection going to take place. And the church is coming up out of the grave that we've been buried in in this nation and in other nations. Hallelujah to Belize and Dubai and India. Hallelujah around the world that this body of believers begins to come up out of the grave in the name of the Lord. And that 2024, God, and I don't, I don't, have, I don't have any more on this, but long before the coronavirus hit, uh, remember when God gave me a prophetic word in 2017. And the Lord began to speak about God portals. And then the Lord began to speak in 2019 that he would shut down sports and, and all of those things. And, and God did that. But he said, <clears throat> 2000, and after 2024, it's going to get dark in the earth. I don't know if that means the church that's the light of the world is leaving I don't mean, I don't know if it means it's going to stay light in Goshen for us and it's going to get dark on everybody else in Egypt. I don't know. But I do know this, that 2024 is the year of resurrection anointing. Hallelujah. 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 We don't have time anymore to be bowing down to spirits and being ruled by fear and wondering how we're going to get by. The blessing of God is upon this house. The blessing of God is upon this house. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I lose financial blessing on this section right here in the name of Jesus. Every assignment that's been sent against you in the name of the Lord I cancel in the name of God I declare your businesses are going to flourish your homes are going to prosper in the balcony across this room we declare a resurrection anointing upon everybody in this floor of this building today by the authority of the prophet of God I declare fresh anointing fresh anointing may the authority of God begin to rise up in your spirit I I break these mind-binding spirits of depression and discouragement and Alzheimer's and everything else that has got you believing a lie. May God's truth begin to set you free in the name of the Lord. May your businesses prosper. May your dreams begin to come into fruition. May the anointing of God be upon you. May the freedom of the Lord be loosed in this nation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God 
knows the name of every enemy that's come against you. God has a solution for every problem that you have. The anointing can break every yoke that's upon you in the name of the Lord. I name this church healed in the name of Jesus. We declare that no cancer can cross the threshold. I call your children home in the name of the Lord that not one child will be taken out by the enemy. There will not be one drug overdose. overdose. There will be no divorce in this house. There will be no discouragement. There will be no bankruptcy. There will be no lack. But we declare resurrection. Resurrection anointing. Just give me five more minutes. Hallelujah. There are militant anointings that have to come on the body of Christ. Prayer meeting yesterday was a militant gathering. Hallelujah. God wants you to understand. See, there's this thing that people, Christians get. I don't want to mess with demons. You know, I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, we we understood a little bit about casting out demons, but, uh, you know, you see somebody that begin to manifest, and some of the old saints just say, you know, we're going to cast a demon, and I'm not get all the kids out of the room because we're afraid that demon that's in those kids, or, and that man going to get on those kids. If you're righteous, your kids are protected. Yeah. Demons don't get to go wherever they want. They're looking for open doors. So when you begin to pray and you begin to declare, you're making declarations against demonic spirits. You got to get past this thing, well, boy, I hope they don't retaliate. Go ahead. Give me your best shot. I have survived divorce. I have survived sickness. I have survived being so broke. I have survived being homeless. I survived burying my dad when I was a kid. I've survived depression. I've survived a ministry that did not work for over 45 years. And so I don't think there's much left in the devil's arsenal. And we're still standing here by the power of God. I've survived burying a son. Hallelujah. But you know what? My story is many of your stories. We all have stories to tell. And so don't sell yourself short. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And all of this attack that's coming against you. With this resurrection, this is 
I told my wife this. I said, you know, it's very possible that a good part of the harvest that the Lord is talking about in the last days will be comprised of the prodigals. Because there's millions of them. Millions. I, I look at, at, at dog, at Dwayne here, how he was raised in the assembly of God and yet wound up in hell's angels and in prison and all kinds of stuff. If God can save you, he can save anybody. <laughs> but look what the Lord is doing. I mean, if God can get a hold of Jim Carrey after all of the years of, of success and make him talk about how sweet Jesus is. Uh, listen, the devil don't like that. If the Lord, hallelujah, can do it for them, don't you know that God has his best stored up? That there is this resurrection. There is a resurrection message. Hallelujah. Get ready to come out of the church. That is going to touch a Nineveh that looked like they were lost and wouldn't hear the gospel. But there's something being released out of the spirit realm that's getting in the atmosphere. And what didn't used to work and what they didn't used to want to hear. All of a sudden, they're going to be open and receptive to the word of the Lord. And you're going to see the world changed by the power of God. All right. We ran late, and I'm going to do a fire tunnel. We're going to lay hands on every single person in this building. If you want to stay, you don't have to stay. But we're going to declare that when we lay hands on you, go ahead and get it in place. When we lay hands on you today, authority is going to rise up in you. You got to quit being distracted by the power of the enemy and start understanding that Jesus Christ has given you authority over the power of the enemy. Let's, let's come up on a platform because we'll do all this in five minutes. <laughs> come on, Dwayne, you and your wife, come on up. Jesus emptied hell. Let me have that water. Jesus emptied hell in just a few minutes by the authority that his father gave him. This move of God that you and I are beginning to walk into is going to be a quick move. We're going to see millions of people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The rest of our team, are, are they praying or are we starting a line right there? We got it? All right, how many believe that when you come through this line, God's going to deposit something in you. Why don't you stand to your feet? <clears throat> We're not going to prophesy over you except maybe my wife. I don't know. We could make fire tunnels going half the time I, if I could get her just to touch you and make you go on through. 
Hallelujah. All right. Come on. Harabobobo Sunday. Hallelujah. Yarabobobo Shatalababa Sunday.
Are you glad you came to church? Are you glad you stayed? I believe that there are gifts and unctions and mantles and anointings that have been deposited today in you. Go home and look for the difference. Go home and look for the difference. Sula, the Lord says to tell you that there is such an anointing coming on your life that when you sing forth the songs, God says that demon spirits will cry and dominions will be broken, says the Lord with the sound of your voice. The Lord said you shall see the glory of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless the greatest people on the planet right here under the sound of my voice. Lord, I just want to pause and say thank you for my family. God, thank you that you've made us a family. Thank you for the love. God, we don't take it for granted. So, Lord, let them go home rejoicing in the Lord with the good things of the Lord. God, and let them eat the fruit of the land and of good and plenty this week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you. I'll see you right here next week. God bless you.